Hello, and welcome to another special edition of Your New Puppies podcast. So if you've been listening in real time, then you know that I have been doing Q&A Tuesdays on Facebook and Instagram where you could send me a message, ask me your dog training question, and I send you a personal message back with the answer. And then I've been taking some of the really good questions that I feel would benefit all of my listeners and doing a special episode. So October is officially done. So so are Q&A Tuesdays for now. You kept me on my toes with some really great questions and I just had a ton of fun with it. So I'll bring it back, probably not until after the new year, but it's definitely something that I'm gonna wanna do again for you and my listeners. So this Q&A is exactly what I do inside my online digital course for new puppy owners called Your Perfect Puppy. So not only do I give you four weeks worth of video lessons, but you there's an entire section just to ask me your questions. And I'm in there all week, not just on Tuesdays, because no matter how much information I give you, there's always going to be questions. You have a very special dog and you are different than every other pet owner out there. So you're going to have questions specific to your situation. And it's my favorite part of the online course. And I also think it's the most beneficial to my students. So I wanted to give everybody a taste of that. If you're bringing home a new puppy and you want more information on the course, you can find that at playtimepaws.com forward slash puppy. So now if you do reach out to me and you ask me a question through social media or through email, I can't guarantee you I'm going to be able to answer it. But if I get the same type of question, that definitely drives the topics of my podcast. So just like within my course, most of the questions I received on Q&A Tuesday were very specific to you know the dog and the dog owner and their situation. And that's why everybody who asked me a question got a personal response back. The questions that I pulled out for this special episode are going to be more general because I want to make sure they're beneficial to just about every puppy owner out there. So let's jump right in and get started. So the first question is, my 11, 12-month-old has started weeing, so having accidents, in other people's houses, never in ours. So I had a hunch about this one, so I asked if... The puppy was male, well, not so much a puppy anymore because he was 11, 12 months old, and if they were neutered. And the answer to that was, yes, he's male. No, he was not neutered. So this confirmed for me that this was has nothing to do with potty training and had everything to do with marking. So, you know, when a boy lifts his leg on a tree or just about anything else and they're marking their territory... So there's a lot of health benefits to delaying altering your dog. So waiting until they're older. The most common I hear is wait till they're six months. I've also heard vets wait up to a year, which was what it was in this case, for larger breeds. It just helps with their development and their growing. But on the flip side, there are some behaviors that can develop when they start to reach that sexual maturity. One of them is marking. So it should get better after they're neutered, but it won't necessarily go away. Once it starts, even if you then neuter them, it doesn't necessarily go away. So there are a few things you can do to prevent it, but it is a hard habit to break once it starts. So of course you make sure they're empty. 
before you bring them inside the house. That doesn't always work because, again, marking isn't about having to go to the bathroom. And boys always seem to have something left in the tank when they want to mark. I've also had success with keeping them on a leash and letting them explore the house. So you walk them around the house, let them sniff, and you are right there. So when they go to lift their leg, you can stop them. And once the dog has, you know, kind of explored the house and sniffed around, usually they'll be okay. Again, this isn't 100%, but I have had it help. So you might just need to keep them on a leash, keep them close to you so you can stop it as soon as it happens and hopefully break the habit of doing it indoors. You know, you'll probably always have a dog who wants to pee on every single tree out there. But as long as it's outside, then it's not a big deal. I actually got a couple questions like this this week, which surprised me because I hadn't really before. But that's how you would handle it. Okay, so the next one is how can I get my puppy to not be afraid of the brush? So this one is a little bit more specific, but... I chose it because my response can be used for anything that your puppy is a little bit hesitant of. So the key is that you have to give them a good association with whatever they're hesitant about, in this case, the brush, and you have to let them go at their own pace. So first, just let the brush sit out there. Don't try to touch them with it. You know, maybe it's just lying on the ground and let them investigate it and just kind of get used to its presence. If they sniff it and go near it, praise them, give them a treat, reward them. And then once they're completely okay, or maybe even like the brush because they keep, keep getting a treat every time they go near it, then within their eyesight, you just touch them with the brush and treat them, reward them, play with them, whatever it is. And you continue to do that. So it's just like you touch them or maybe you even just go a little bit closer to them with the brush where they can see it. Because that's a lot of times what happens with like a brush. They can't see behind them and they're wondering what the heck is going on. And then once they're perfectly okay with you kind of just touching them with the brush, just like a tap, like not you're not trying to brush them yet, then you move on. Maybe again within their eye line, you, you know, brush their paw or something like that where they can see it. And you slowly build up, not until until they're completely okay with one step do you move on to the next. When there's ever there's hesitation, insecurity, anxiety, fearfulness, anything, we always give them a really great association by treating the heck out of them in very slow increments on their terms. It's usually a process. Something as simple as a brush, and when they're younger, it'll probably happen faster than if, say, they were older and if it was something more severe, but the process is the same. Okay, so the next one's a fun one. The best tips if you want to train your dog to be a running partner. So first, young puppies shouldn't be going out on runs with you. It's not good for their joints. Um, a lot of vets will tell you to wait until they're two years old to really bring them for a run. And the reason for this is because if your dog's running with you, they might not stop if they need to. Where like if you're doing something like fetch or a simple walk where they could just like lay down when they get tired because puppies are growing and, you know, their joints can get sore and they, you know, can get tired very, very easily. You want to make sure they have that opportunity to rest. 
Some dogs will keep running with you even if they shouldn't. So that's why, you know, when they're younger, you give them exercise that they can stop and start when they need to. I'm sure this varies greatly by dog, so definitely talk to your vet about the age that you should start. But just like us, no matter when you start running with your dog, you know, you're going to want to start slow, speed and mileage, you know, to make sure there's no injuries, to make sure they're not pushing themselves past what they should just because they want to keep up with you. Dogs are natural athletes. They are born runners, so they will adjust very quickly. You just want to be a little cautious at first. So while you're waiting for your dog to be old enough to safely go on these runs with you, when you're doing leash work, this is where it's important to teach your dog to walk next to you. Typically when I say, you know, leash walking, I don't care where your dog is as long as there's no tension on the leash and they're six feet from you. If you plan on running with your dog, you might want to teach them to walk on one side of you just so they don't get in your way. And you're definitely going to have to work with them extra if, say, they get excited about squirrels or other dogs. And this is not as hard as you think. I bring Mariah running if I'm going on like a really short run and it's cool out. And I find that they get into the zone even faster where they're, they don't really respond to a lot of the distractions. And in fact, for Mariah, when I take her for a run, it's more like just a fast walk for her. So she has no problem going with me. So those are my best tips. All right, so this, is, this next question is another one that I've gotten multiple times. I'm preparing to, for my puppy coming home in less than two weeks. Can you help me figure out how to balance between ignoring whining and barking in the crate with potty training. I want to take him out when he asks to, but I don't want to reward him for barking and giving him the attention and letting him out. So this is a a great question, and it is something that most puppy owners, before they bring their dog home, worry about. Unfortunately, there's no secret to it. You know, it's a tough balance that you're going to learn through trial and error. Most of the time, you'll find that you will eventually recognize the whine when they actually have to go to the bathroom or when they're just demanding your attention. There's almost like a little bit more urgency to it, but this is something you're going to have to learn. And the first like week with your puppy is you figuring this out. So there's going to be times where you let them out and they need, need to come out, or there might be times where you let them whine it out and it turned out they had to go to the bathroom. It's just, it's part of the process. I always say, when in doubt, take your puppy out, which might mean you struggle with whining for attention. But it's more important to not have accidents in the crate and then break that whining habit later when you are more confident that you understand your puppy's just looking for attention. And once you get them on a schedule, once you figure that out with your puppy, again, this happens over like the first week or even longer, it will also become easier. So this is definitely one of those questions that you might be scouring the internet to figure out and you can't find the answer because there isn't a specific answer. Okay, so sticking with the crate subject, any idea why my dog is great in the crate in my car, but not the one we have in the house? So... Again, the reason why I pick this is because I get very similar questions and what happens is, is we think our dog has a problem with the crate. 
because they're upset. They don't like being in it. And it's very rarely the actual crate. It's the situation around what's happening, which could be simply they don't want to be separated from you, which I've talked about numerous times. We have to teach them that it's okay. So it's an uncomfortable feeling for them that we have to just let them figure out, okay, this doesn't feel right, but I'm okay. And the only way we can do that is to let them experience it, which is hard. It's hard to do that. It's it's where the tough love comes into play. So without seeing what's actually happening in the car in the house, my guess is it's not the crate itself, it's what's happening in the car. So maybe your dog can't see you when he's in the crate in the car, but he can when he's in the house. So when he can't see you, he doesn't even bother whining because he's not, he doesn't want to get your attention. Or maybe it's vice versa. Maybe he can see you in the car, but he can't see you when, but you're out of the room when he's in the house. And that's the difference. My guess is going to be that when you're driving your car, you cannot respond to his whining. There's nothing you can do about it because you're driving. Maybe there's a glance over your shoulder. Maybe you say, oh, it's okay. But you can't let them out. You can't give them any more attention other than that. And the dog has learned that. So we stop trying. In the house, it's easier for us to give our dog some kind of feedback without even realizing it. Whether it's walking back into the room, letting them out of the crate because we think maybe they have to go potty or a hundred different other things. That would be my guess just from my experience working with puppy owners who struggle with their dogs whining in the crate. Okay, so the last one, I'm not going to read the specific question because essentially it's how do I get my puppy to be calm around my cat, okay? I probably got asked this in 16 different ways, Um, but it all comes down to how do I teach my puppy to be calm around our cat? So this one specifically, again, you know, this is one of those that what you specifically do is going to depend on your dog. It's going to depend on your cat as well. Like if you have a pretty confident cat that'll just like, you know, give the puppy the boundaries, like that you're, you're kind of lucky or it would at least stay in the room with the dog. If you have a really super shy cat that's going to hide it underneath the couch or not come down the stairs because the puppy's in the house, then your job is going to be a little harder. It's always going to be on the cat's terms. Okay, so no matter what, you're going to make sure that your cat has a place that it can go that the puppy can't, which fortunately enough is relatively easy because sometimes you just need to give them like a high perch or they do sell gates for dogs, like baby gates for dogs that has a little door on the bottom for the cat. So the cat can get through, but the dog can't. And then you want to make sure you keep their interactions as structured as possible. So you don't want to wait for the cat to walk in the room and the puppy to jump up and run and try to play with the cat. So when they're young, it's going to be more, I want to play, I want to investigate, I want to check you out than actual prey drive. And this is the perfect time to socialize them with the cat. So they learn that the cat's the friend and not an animal to chase which can happen when they're older if you have a high prey drive dog, which just means they like to chase animals that run from them. So you're going to want to do this when your puppy's tired and you're going to want to keep him on a leash so you have some control over him. And 
you keep your puppy enough distance away where they know the cat's there, but they're not like jumping and excited and trying to run. So this might be 10 feet. This might be across the house. And essentially, if your puppy stays calm, they can be excited and curious, but they want, but relatively calm. Scale from zero to 10, they should be, mm, I'm going to say three or less, especially if they're a larger dog. And they're rewarded. As long as they see the cat and they stay a little calm, then they get rewarded. You know, this is where a verbal praise or a treat would come into, come into play. I wouldn't do toy or tug because that gets them excited and we're trying to keep them calm. And then over time, you move closer and closer and do this for five, 10 minutes at a time. There's no rush to get them to interact at all. In fact, if you have a gate where the cat can be on one side and the dog can be on the other, that's great because then there's no real risk of the cat getting hurt. Now, I'm making it sound a lot easier than it is because it depends on how the cat reacts. It depends on how the dog reacts. But this is where you would start. And it could take days. It could take weeks. And those are the questions from the past couple weeks. Now, if you want to find me on Facebook or Instagram, um, it's at Playtime Pause for both. And that way you won't miss the next time I have Q&A Tuesdays. And again, if you want to check out my digital course where I do Q&As all week long for at least 12 months, depending on the package you choose, that's playtimepause.com forward slash puppy. Otherwise, you can hit subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you rate and review us, that helps other puppy owners also find the podcast. I'll be speaking with you soon. Bye for now.